And everywhere you're watching from, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're doing a new series, and I, I kicked it off last week. It's, a, it's called Peace and Contentment. And if I can, I want to reread from Philippians chapter 4, just a couple of verses. Uh, Paul says this, And the peace of God, which transcends your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. The peace of God, which transcends your understanding. So you and I understand certain things in certain ways. In other words, we look at a situation, we analyze it, and we come to a conclusion about it. And Paul said during this section, um, I've learned the secret to be content in any and every situation or circumstance. That's actually our goal for this series, that we can learn the same thing. The first thing you have to believe is you have to believe that it's possible. So everybody look here. Is it possible? Is it really possible to be happy when you have a little or you have a lot? Is it possible to be happy? Because let's just be honest, right at the beginning, you might as well, you might as well not come to the rest of the series because if you don't believe it's possible, why bother? Some of you have made this decision. You said, it's not possible for me to be content or happy if I don't have X. And last week, we talked about the game most of us play is called fill in the blank. I'm going to be happy when fill in the blank. And everybody here has a different fill in that they believe this is the thing that's going to finally get them there. Let's just do a little confessing. How many played this game before? Huh? Wow. Sure, it was, I I just, and now, let me say one more thing that I think is important to say. I am not, clearly not talking about growing. I'm not talking about advancing. I'm not even talking about it's wrong to build a business or become better. None of that. That's not the point. The point is simply this. If you say, Happiness is somewhere down the road when I have a certain amount of things. The reality is you're actually never going to get there. So what we want to say during this series is this. Happiness is not something you chase. Ready? Contentment is not something that you chase. Contentment is something you carry. Let's let's work on it. Contentment is not something that I chase. Contentment is something that I carry. That's why you see people who don't have a lot and aren't in a situation where they should be happy, and they're happy. And sometimes you have more, but you're less happy. Because contentment is not something you chase. It's something that you carry, that you have sort of with you. Um, Maybe... uh, It helps us from running from place to place, thing to thing. Do you remember when Moses comes across the burning bush? Do you remember this? He comes across the burning bush. Now, Moses has been running from Egypt. He's out in the wilderness. And here's a guy that's definitely on the move. He comes across the burning bush. And he notices that the bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. And... There's a voice that comes to him from the bush, and the voice says this, Moses, take off your shoes. 
Remove your sandals. Where you're standing is what? Holy ground. It's special. Here's what I think happens to a lot of us. Most of us go through life with our track shoes on, chasing contentment. And what the voice is trying to say to us is, take your track shoes off. Where you are is actually a very good place. Where you are is actually... Remember last week we did a visualization. We tried to imagine ourselves being happy doing dishes. How many of you did it? But you know what we learned? We learned that I had people emailing me all week. You know what? I actually was. I, 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 I chose to be happy in that spot. So the place standing in front of the, the, where the laundry soap is. You know where the laundry soap is? That spot. Take your shoes off right there and say, thank God for this spot right here. Thank God for this spot. It's holy. It's sacred. Now, I know some of you think of sacred places, and you were brought up this way, and I don't mean to unruffle. I always ruffle people's feathers, and I don't mean to. I just want you to think. So if you don't like this part, just throw it out. But many of you grew up with sacred places. You came to this type of a building here. Well, it wasn't like this one, but anyway, you came to a church, and you were told that is the Lord's... What were you told that? Now, even though the Bible clearly says that God doesn't live in a temple built by human hands... We missed that verse somehow along the way. But anyway, it works good because why? Because then per- people like me in authority, I can, I can leverage the heck out of that. Can I? You've got to get in here. If you're out there, you ain't getting the juice. So it's, it's really placed my advantage to actually keep you thinking the old thing. But the re- reality is God doesn't live in any special place. You say, well, Chris, but why do I feel special when I come here? That's a great question. Or why certain places actually, I, I, I feel the presence of God. Great question. You know why? Because in certain places, you train your mind better or you focus your mind better. It's just that. There is no magic juice in building C in Wall Lake. There's nothing here, man. I'm sorry to tell you. It was built in 1960. The whole thing's falling apart. The roof leaks. I mean, the whole, it's a mess. But why? Because you train your mind. You, I, I took, I've taken people to Israel before, for instance. And people will go there and will go to places that, you know, maybe where Jesus walked or taught or whatever. And people get so emotional. And they're trying to figure it out. Like, is this place more special? And there will be people. They will line up to get into these, because they build churches over certain places. They build churches, massive things, over where special things happened in Jesus' life and ministry. And people will line up forever so they can put their hand in a certain spot. And honestly, it was claustrophobic, and I just went outside and had a coffee. Do you not? Do you lo- Our team was in line, and I was, do you love me still? I, I just, it was too, it was claustrophobic. Anyway, um, I, I don't need it, I'm not, I'm, but but I get it. But here's, it's not because there's some juice coming out of this rock. But why? Because their mind is trained. So you're here and you're focused in a different way. You're with others that are helping you. And together there's some, something special about A, being together, and B, focusing your mind. I just said there are no sacred places. Moses was in the middle of nowhere. He goes, take off your shoes. 
That's a holy spot. Your laundry room is a holy place. And you didn't know it. Because special places... Here, here's, here's the thing that would help us all. If we could all put away our pictures of perfect. We all have them, don't we? I mean, that's, that's what our whole economy is built on. Pictures are perfect. They, you put magazines or, or radio or television spots or all these places, um, and, and, and you see it, and it's, it's, it's usually like crystal blue water and a hammock, right, right there, and an umbrella. And, and you're like, that's where I'm going to be happy, right there, right? Or it's in a religious place. Or, but the reality is there are no special places. If you, ever, if you ever browse like the third and the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, you'll see this phrase over and over again. Today, today, today. Don't, don't harden your heart today. Don't harden your heart today. As long as it's called today. God kept giving a promise for today. And this is what's so important. If you and I can settle once and for all that today in your laundry room, is a good place and a good day. Can you, with me, say that today is actually a good day? That happiness or contentment or peace, not tomorrow, not next week, it's actually right here today, right now. The key was how you think it's how you think about today. Not getting to tomorrow, not getting to a better spot, but actually retraining your mind to embrace today here. Take your shoes off. Stop chasing and start carrying. Ready? All right. I have contentment with me right now. Ready? One, two, three. I have contentment with me right now. I do. I have it. So I ain't feeling it. All right. We're going to get to feeling it. All right. You just got to start by knowing you have it. You have contentment. Do you remember Jesus teaching about this? Uh, <clears throat> remain in me. Right? And you will bear much. What? fruit. Let my joy be in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Why, why in, in John chapter 15 does it say, remain in me? Most of us, you got to chase. You were even taught in church. You got to chase God. You got to get holy. You got to get somewhere. How many were taught this? You got to be a little bit more. And if you do a little more and pray a little bit more and attend, huh? And get baptized a little bit more. Or get baptized the right way. How many got baptized the wrong way and had to redo it? Huh? Come on. You, know, no, you did it wrong. No, no, no. Whatever it is. You, you, it, it's so the, the thing, the blessing is always right around the corner. It's financial. It's spiritual. It's whatever. It's, but if you could just get it this way. Jesus didn't say chase spirituality. He just said remain. What do you mean remain? That's just... there's. That's so un-American. There's nothing to do. Isn't that frustrating? Just remain in me. 
and I in you. I'm already connected to contentment. I'm already connected to it. I'm already connected to Christ. Just remain. We don't know what to do with that, do we? You're taught work, work, work. You're taught that in the, in the, in the economy, but you're taught that in the church. You've got to work. You've got to do it. He says, just remain. Don't chase. Take your shoes off. How about the story? You remember the story of Jacob? Jacob, um, he's out in the wilderness. Here's another guy that's running in life. Running and chasing. Running from something, chasing something else. Isn't that where most of our discontentment is? We're running from something and we're chasing something else. And he is in the middle of his run and he's running and chasing and he gets tired and he gets to a certain spot and this is what it says. And you can read about this in Genesis 28, but Jacob gets to a spot and he gets tired and he gets a stone for a pillow. Now, how many know you're not in a good place in life when you're using a stone for a pillow? How many of you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you, wa- you got to watch that guy from Minnesota sell his pillows on TV? Put your hand up. <laughs> Dear Lord, are we done with him? Huh? <sighs> not this guy again, right? Well, no, you aren't. the reason you're awake is because you don't have my pillow, right? And you got to have this pillow and you got to sleep. And this is, so when you're sleeping on rocks, you're in trouble. Paul goes, I learned the secret to be content in any and every situation. He goes through lists, by the way, being shipwrecked, left for dead, stoned, persecuted. Jacob's sleeping on a pillow, and he has a dream. And Jacob, in his dream, he sees this ladder. And the messengers of God going up and down on this ladder. It's sort of somehow connected to where he thought God was. And so the, 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 the messengers are going up and down on this ladder. And he wakes up and he realizes something. He goes, and, and this is the quote, Surely God was here and I didn't know it. God was here, and I didn't know it. Everybody look here. If you can learn that sentence, that will change your life. You got your head on a rock? You got the worst imaginable situation? You're, you're running, but you know what? If you can realize that God is here. But what? We didn't know it. We weren't aware of it. So what we've done is we've trained ourselves to think, I've got to be in a certain situation. I've got to be in a certain building. I've got to go to church. I've got to have this certain experience to meet God. No, in your laundry room, on a Tuesday, while it's raining, surely God is here. I just wasn't aware of it. So what's the key? What's the key? Awareness. What's the key? Awareness. Awareness. There's a great word. What a great word, awareness. You ever seen somebody that's not aware? Oh, it's brutal. Huh? You ever get on an, air, you ever get on an airplane with somebody that's not aware? And they got a backpack? Come on, come on. Like, psh, psh. And dude, right? you ever seen this? 
completely unaware. I've got to get my things. I gotta get. You're whacking people. They're ducking. People are grabbing their kids. You know, and why? I'm, I'm unaware. I'm unaware. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Or I'm, aware, I'm aware of myself. I'm unaware of my surroundings. A lot of us live our whole life unaware. Jacob wakes up from this. He goes, I didn't know it, but God was here. I just wasn't awake to it. Somehow, we can retrain ourselves to become aware. Somehow, we can realize that we actually are already connected to Christ. Sometimes I think the thing that happens to a lot of us is... In our running and our chasing, the pace, the pace of life gets so fast that we forget. But here's the thing. Paul goes, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is good, think about these things. That somehow... The ability to be content is connected to our minds. Now, you know what's so funny? I had two different people from the church email me. Sarah and Leslie are both reading a book. Uh, I think it's called The Happiness Advantage, right? This week. They're both, they're, what you talked about, that's exactly what our book club is doing. That's exactly... Well, it doesn't surprise me. Why doesn't it surprise me? There's a, there's a Harvard class called Happiness 101. Why? Because whenever you find truth, it's true everywhere. People just eventually learn it. They eventually learn it in science. They eventually learn it in the church. And what they're learning is this. Happiness is not a place, so you don't chase a place. Happiness is not something you chase. It's something you carry. Contentment. I'm at rest. I'm at peace. Do you remember what God always had this promised land? It was a place of rest for them. But they couldn't enter it. They couldn't enter it. Why couldn't they enter it? The one simple reason they couldn't enter the place of rest, not because there was too much to overcome, because they didn't believe. They send in the spies, do you remember this? And they look at the promised land, and most of the guys come back and they go, oh, man, it's good. They get the whole camp together. How is it in there? How is it? Oh, it's so good, man. You know, it's like there's Krispy Kremes on every corner. And it's, it's a, they're, they're, they're describing the food. They're describing how good it is in there. And they're like, it's so good. And they go, but, but, there are these giants in there. We could never take that on. And we are like grasshoppers. So they saw themselves, ready? This is so important. They saw themselves as little grasshoppers. They saw everyone else as giants. Can I tell you what I think happens to a lot of us when we lose contentment and peace? We start comparing ourselves to other people. Look at that. Oh, oh, look at that. that and it would be good, but I'm just a little grasshopper. I'm... 
We, we could never. And so their mind... And now, remember Caleb and Joshua, they tried to, to overcome the, the other spies. And they said, no, 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 we can do it. You know, we can do it. But no, doubt prevailed over faith. And you know what our big struggle is today? Doubt prevailing over faith. Us comparing ourselves to somebody else and say, oh, but look. Sometimes this even gets promoted in churches. Just think of yourself as a little nobody. Just a little doormat, just a little grasshopper. No, you're a child of God. You're a daughter. You're you're a son of God. So the key for all of us has something to do with how we think about where we are. Not getting somewhere new, but thinking differently about where we actually are. Then, because we're connected, because we're already connected, we're already carrying, because the the, the fruit of God's Spirit is already in us, then now we can access what we already carry around. But here's the thing that I would like for us to think about. Today, as long as it's called today, that from this this day on, you make a commitment to say, today is the day that I'm happy, and this is the place that I'm happy. Time and place. Ready? Here and what? Now. Here and now. You can settle that. When am I going to be happy? If you put a date on the counter, oh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, really, and I got a plan, you know, 2028. I mean, literally, that's some of you, that's your plan. Like 10 years from now, you're thinking about being happy. Or it's a place. It's, you know, no. When am, when am I content? Here and now. But, you have to train your mind. What do I train? I, got, I have to think about good things. I have to think about God's presence with me here. I have, to, I have to be thankful for what I do have right here, right now. Retraining myself to think in a completely different way.